I am a huge fan of Antiques, oops, Antiques Roadshow, which is a series on PBS uh, where people bring in uh, different objects and ask for experts to appraise them. You know, some painting that's been in their attic collecting dust or some odd bird sculpture left to them by their aunt or a ring or a watch or a necklace or a coin that they picked up at a garage sale. And even if the objects aren't worth very much money, it's still really interesting to learn about them and see what people bring in. But my favorite part of the whole show is when somebody comes in with an item that they bought for a buck and it turns out to be worth a small fortune. Uh, and probably the most well-known example of that from the show came several years ago when a woman brought in a little antique card table that she picked up at a yard sale. And it turned out to be a very rare object made in 1794. And what she picked up for $25 turned out to be worth $490,000. And I will confess to you that after I saw that episode, I started doing a, a mental inventory in my mind of everything I had in my attic, wondering if I had a fortune up there hidden in the form of a really bad dime store painting of a, of a kitten on velvet. <laughs> Your perspective can change when you're looking for treasure. And for that reason, I think that Jesus would have been a huge fan of Antiques Roadshow because he was always urging us to look beyond the surface of things, to see the treasure that was hidden underneath. And in our text this morning, he goes through this list of, of metaphors for the reign of God, the kingdom of heaven, and he just sort of rattles them off, you know, so fast we can hardly keep up. The kingdom of heaven, he says, is like a mustard seed, like yeast, like buried treasure, like a fine pearl, like a net cast into the sea. And these are all interesting and beautiful images in their own way, but there is a, a common thread of thought that connects all of them. You see, all of them have a certain hiddenness to them. They have a hidden quality. The mustard seed hidden in the ground and the yeast hidden in the bread and the treasure buried in the field and the fine pearl mixed in with pearls that are not worth so much and the net that's hidden beneath the surface of the sea. Perhaps today Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is like a $490,000 card table hidden in a garage. It's as if he's inviting us on a kind of spiritual treasure hunt, you know? He's telling us that the kingdom of heaven is right here among us. It is with us. It's everywhere. It's, it's just hidden under the surface of things. And so he's calling us to look, to look. And that sounds like a fun project, doesn't it? I mean, it's sort of tantalizing to think that we're on a spiritual treasure hunt, but where do we begin looking? without a map or a metal detector or really good luck at a garage sale, where do we start looking for the kingdom of heaven in daily life? Well, for centuries, people have believed that the best place to start is at holy places, you know, places in this world that we human beings have labeled as especially sacred, like 
the Vatican or 500-year-old churches or the Holy Land. And every year, millions of people take spiritual pilgrimages to places like that, hoping to have an up-close and very real encounter with the kingdom of heaven. It would be kind of cool to come around a corner at a 500-year-old church and say, aha, there it is. But friends, Jesus doesn't say in this text, go ye therefore into all the world and go to the holy places and you will find the kingdom. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to regular people, you know, poor people who didn't have the benefit of air travel. In these metaphors that he chooses, the, the mustard seed, the yeast, the pearl, the nets, these are regular things that ordinary people would understand and be able to look for in regular life. So I don't think you need to get on an airplane or walk 100 miles or sit in a sweat lodge or go to an ancient monastery to see the kingdom of heaven. Now, as one scholar so beautifully puts it, it appears that God has resorted to the oldest trick in the book and hidden the kingdom right here in plain view, in the midst of daily life, in the smile of a little child, in a sunrise after a night of thunder and rain, and a meal shared with a hungry neighbor, and a comforting word offered to a frightened friend, in the silence and the song, and the comfort and the power of worship. But a word of caution, friends, it's just really easy to stop looking for the kingdom, to fail to look for it. This happens all the time. Lots of folks stop looking, but that's especially common in times like these that we're living in, when things are so challenging, so hard. I mean, it's just true that there is suffering right now, there is, and the church, good heavens, the church has to be honest about that. There is illness and, and there is death and there is grief and there is job loss and so much more and, and we feel all of the emotions attached to those things, but it is also true, friends, that we can become overwhelmed by feelings of fear and grief and anger and impatience, things like that. And, and then we begin to train our eye not to go first to what is good and right and true, not to look for the treasure, but instead our eye goes first to what is wrong in the world. And then we dwell there. I saw an example of this several years ago. I was watching cable news after a really big earthquake had happened in California. Um, it was pretty severe, and uh, this channel had news teams out in a neighborhood where people were just coming out of their homes and businesses after this earthquake and looking at the damage, and they were sort of doing man-on-the-street interviews, you know? So a reporter walked up to a guy who looked stunned, covered in dust, standing out on the street, and and the reporter said, what do you see here? Tell the people at home what's going on. And the man said, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. There's terrible damage everywhere, and people are hurt, and the water is cut off, and the electricity is cut off, and I'm not sure we have enough supplies, and 
I really don't know what we're going to do. This is just a disaster. And then the same reporter walked along the street a little further and, and came upon a park and ran into a woman there. And friends, as God is my witness, this woman turned out to be a United Methodist pastor. And she said that she was a United Methodist pastor and she was there with a team of volunteers from our congregation trying to help any way that they could. And the reporter asked this woman the same question that he'd asked the man earlier. He said to the pastor, what do you see here? Describe the scene for the people at home. And the pastor said, oh, well, I see the kingdom of God. She said, I see people coming out to, to help their neighbors, to love and comfort them. There are volunteers everywhere. And somebody just drove over from the next town with a truck full of, of water, and they're handing it out right over there. And a lady over there came out of her apartment, and she had diapers, and she's handing them out to people who need a diaper for their baby. And, and we're out. We're, we're holding hands, and we're praying with people, and we're, we're waiting with people while the first responders come. She said, I see the kingdom of God. One person, friends, saw only disaster. The other saw the kingdom. One saw only the surface of things, and the other looked underneath and found treasure. Do you see, friends, the, the kingdom of heaven? It's, it's all around us. It's, it's with us right now, even in the midst of this very challenging time, if we will only look. Friends, are you looking? Are you training your eye to go to the treasure first, to see what is good and right and true, to see God's work in this world and the hope that that brings? Are you looking? Because I'm telling you, it's there. I have seen it. Surely, if you were with us at the beginning of this worship service, you saw a glimpse of the kingdom in the faces of those young people, of these youth who are graduating from high school, who are out to change the world for good and for God. Surely, you saw it in them. I've seen it too at places like the park down the street from my house. I was out for a walk and I saw a, a message written in sidewalk chalk there by some anonymous per person and it said, care for each other. I've encountered the kingdom and friendly strangers. There's so many of us out walking these days for exercise to get out of our homes and I find that people are so friendly and, and greet with warm, cheery hellos. I see the kingdom in that. I see the kingdom in the house down the street from mine where the parents have allowed the children to put drawings of rainbows and teddy bears in the windows for passers-by. I saw the kingdom in an impromptu fiesta parade where neighbors decorated their cars with they had, drove around the streets just to bring some lightness and some joy to people who were facing yet another day in quarantine. And of course, I've seen the kingdom and all the stories about the first responders, the doctors, the nurses, and other medical personnel who are working so hard at great personal risk to care for people during this pandemic. And there's so much more I could say.
list of very long friends. But what's important, you see, is not that your list is long, but that you're seeing it. Because Jesus calls us to be on the lookout, to spot the kingdom, to, to look with eyes that are alert to where it is, and to lift it up. Because friends, if we don't look for it, if we don't point it out, then who will? And if we don't see it and we don't point it out, then how can our neighbor know about it? You see, people today are so hungry for hope, more than anything. We are so hungry for hope, we cannot live without it. The kingdom of heaven is the embodiment of hope, of God's hope in the world. And Jesus calls us to be the best treasure hunters there could ever be, to look for the kingdom, to lift it up, to celebrate it, to claim it, to point it out, not just for ourselves, but for our neighbors who need to know that hope so badly. I'll close with this. I received an email a couple of weeks ago, and I have permission to share this, from a, a family who is worshiping with our church online these days, joining us for a live stream. And that's a really big deal because this family has not had anything to do with organized religion for a very, very long time. Because you see, they, they've had some really wounding, negative experiences with church. And some years ago, they, they just turned their back and walked away and we sort of let their faith lie fallow too. But then in the midst of this challenging time, They've experienced suffering and fear, and they began to realize together that they were still very hungry for God. They were hungry for grace. They were hungry for hope. And so they began to search online for a church that they might just watch, worship with for a while, and they came across our website. And they said the thing that struck them first was that our home page features our identity statement, a Christian community of love, hope, and belonging for all. And they said they read that, and they talked about it together, and they thought that might be a safe place. They said they'd never known a church that was exactly like that. So they began to worship with us online, and at first they just watched. And then after a while, they thought they might print out the bulletin and follow along, and then after that, they began to pray the prayers and sing the songs, and they found themselves really worshiping and drawing closer to God and knowing strength and hope from that. And they went through our website, and when I say they went through our website, friends, they read every single word on every single page, and they had many, many questions for me. But you know what? They were so deeply touched by you, by your ministry, by the ways they could tell from the website that you reach out in love and care and concern for the world. They're thinking, you know, that maybe, just maybe, when we can get together again, 
to worship in person, that they might come to this place, come in this building. They said they didn't think they'd ever be inside a church building again. But you see, in you, they've seen the kingdom. You've pointed it out to them. You've embodied it to them. You have helped them claim the hope of God in the midst of a very hard time. And that is changing their lives. And that is the power of the kingdom. My friends, I want to urge you during this difficult time to lean into hope. Look for it everywhere because the kingdom of God, it is here with us. It is among us. It is hidden just under the surface of things, but it is right here. Look for it. Claim it. Celebrate it. Point it out. Because the kingdom of heaven is hope. And that hope is hidden in plain view. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for the hope that you offer us through the inauguration and growth of your kingdom in this world. Lord, forgive us because sometimes we get so down, it's hard for us to see what is good and right and true, but Lord, we pray that you will give us eyes to see and courage to claim the kingdom that is here. Help us, Lord, to do that, not only for ourselves, but for our neighbor who needs to see the hope too. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.